Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo Daily, getting down and dirty. Our personal attacks in Irish politics now fair game. There are politicians in the doll um, are constantly trying to attack us personally and bully us and do us down on the government benches and every now and then I think you have to stand up to bullies. Last week, Tánaiste of Ragnar locked horns with Sinn Féin's Pierce Doherty in an exchange that had people both shocked and entertained. But was this war of words an isolated incident or an indication of a new nasty streak in Irish politics? I really thought somebody who who, in which the DPP is currently assessing whether they'll prosecute you under the Corruption Act, maybe you would be a bit more humble in relation to your response. Deputy, I, th- I think that was another cheap shot. As the political battlefield moves more and more into the online world, is it all for show? Personalised attacks on, on senior politicians who are not popular with the public, it does work and I think we're going to see a lot more of it. I'm Kevin Doyle and today on the Indo Daily, we ask if Irish politics is getting nastier or has it always been this way? Well, all due respect, in the most unparliamentary language, please. fuck you, Deputy Stike. Fuck you. Joining me today are Hugh O'Connell, political correspondent with the Irish and Sunday Independent, and Dr. Jennifer Kavanagh, lecturer in law at the Southeast Technological University. Hugh O'Connell, context is everything in these rows. Give us the background to what got Leo Varadkar and Pierre Starty so wound up last week. So it was during leaders' questions when Pierre Starty, uh, in passing uh, at the beginning, raised the issue of a dinner that Leo Varadkar had hosted for uh, former Fine Gael members of Cabinet and indeed current Fine Gael members of Cabinet the previous evening in Leinster House to mark a decade of Fine Gael in power. Uh, said that so whilst you toasted your own success in government last night, the reality is that many families out there are being pushed to the brinks. And let me tell you, this Tonish did the last thing they're thinking about is raising a glass to Fine Gael's success, because what they're worried about is how they can get to the end of the week. What, how they're worried about is how they will pay the bills at the end of the month. Leo Riker took this to be a cheap shot, as he described it in the Dole, and he pointed out that Sinn Féin is not averse to hosting dinners. You host dinners in America, you charge people a thousand dollars a plate to attend, and your party leader flies first class to get there. 
That's what you do in the middle of a, of a cost of living crisis. It also pointed out that in some instances, Mary Lou McDonald flies first class and uh, that to led these us dinners. into the row over criminal records or no, non-criminal records as yeah. it was. And I really thought somebody who, who, in which the DPP is currently assessing whether they'll prosecute you under the Corruption Act, maybe you would be a bit more humble in relation to your response. Deputy, I, th- I think that was another cheap shot and a very and and, and 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 a very personal shot and it says a lot about you it says a lot about you um, and the nature and the character of kind of person you are and it's particularly strange coming from you because you were prosecuted you abused mistreated a guard Shiakana for that you were prosecuted you sit in Leinster House most days of the week you've sat through leaders questions for years at this stage like, were you surprised? A lot is being made out of this particular spat. Were you surprised at the level of personal attack? I was. I think that, you know, what Pierce Doherty tried to do was say, you know, you should be a bit more humble because you're being investigated under the Corruption Act or you were being investigated under the Corruption Act and that is, is, is being considered. This is over the GP contract league story. And Leo Varadkar uh, brought up something I think that a lot of people wouldn't have been aware of was the fact that um, in 1998, in the late 90s, uh, Pierce Doherty uh, got, uh, had a run-in with the guards, uh, benefited from the Probation Act, and uh, but, but was prosecuted nonetheless. And I think that that's something that, a lot of people would have been surprised would be raised um, and something that I think that was quite personalised both uh, on the part of, of Pierce Doherty in some instances but certainly Leo Radker bringing up something that not an, an awful lot of people would be aware of. I mean, everyone in the country knows that Leo Radker uh, has been investigated by Angarda Shikona for alleged breaches of the Corruption Act. Not a lot of people would have known that Pierce Doherty was uh, under investigation or had, uh, had, a, had a run-in with the guards uh, two decades ago. And I think that it's something that um, everyone who was watching was really taken aback by the level of, of kind of vitriolic exchanges between the two politicians. And it was certainly something I think that Fine Gael were trying to, uh, it, was a, it was a conscious attempt by Fine Gael to try and, and demean Sinn Féin and to try and debase Sinn Féin and to try and portray now them Leo as... Now, Leo Brecker as, has said it was self-defence. Do you buy that explanation for it he, he suggested that whether it's their supporters um, online or their supporters on the streets or their politicians in the doll um, are constantly trying to attack us personally and bully us and do us down on the government benches and every now and then I think you have to stand up to bullies and his own party did seem to enjoy the spectacle. Certainly, it was it was red meat for the Fine Gael blue shirts. Uh, I think they enjoyed uh, his attack. Uh, I think they enjoyed uh, him getting personalised about Doherty, about drawing up Sinn Féin's uh, links with the IRA, drawing up Sinn Féin's links. Uh, you know, some members of Sinn Féin having having criminal backgrounds, uh, having had been in prison. All these kinds of things, I think, were, were red meat for Fine Gaelers. Uh, do I think that it was overly personal? I, I, I don't think so. I think that's part, that's, that's the cut and thrust of politics, but it was certainly quite severe. The cut and thrust of politics, Jennifer Kavanagh, does that mean this is where we are? This is the political climate that we live in and this is what we now constitute as normal politics? Well, there's always been massive arguments and leaders' questions. I would agree with you, though, it was a little bit more personal, more cutting than you normally would see, but leaders' questions is often paused. I I remember even being in the public gallery myself where it was a case that Mary Lou MacDonald herself was told, you know, you you need to kind of calm yourself down there. And she said she wasn't. And the entire uh, leaders' questions was actually delayed 
and by about 10 minutes. So these things often happen, even going back to the uh, MMDS, which was your, your local person trying to provide local cable services. There was absolute ructions in the doll even ministers being alleged that they were handmaids of the telecommunications companies and everything. So it it's always been something that has happened in leaders' questions. And it's probably the one that everyone has told, look, if you want to go into the dawn, have a look, always go in for leaders' questions because that's always a little bit more spicy. And I mean, it's the same world over with any questions to leaders like PMQs in London and everything. That's where you have people basically tearing strips out of each other. But for the whole way that politics actually runs, if you were to explain this to, say, a Martian who had just come down, what's actually going on and how is this fixing what's important to people, they they, they wouldn't understand how any of, the, any of this is going to fix any of it. And Hugh's right, it does play well for the political supporters. But if, if you were to try and win an election on your basic uh, demographic that would support your party, you're never going to win. It's getting the people, the floating voters who kind of go with the wind, a lot of them would be turned off by that kind of, they would look at it as as theatrics in leaders' questions and it can tend to turn people off politics as well. Jennifer, is it getting more intense though because we're in a political situation now where Sinn Féin are riding high in the polls and they seem seem uncatchable for all intents and purposes when you compare to where Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil are. So is that driving part of this? We, we see it time and again. There was another example where, where Leo Varadkar attacked Pierre Doherty suggesting that the balaclava had slipped. Deputy, Deputy when, it comes no to, when it comes to Sinn Féin and the rule Tisha, of law Tisha, and public order Deputy and condemning violence, it doesn't take very long for your balaclava to slip. Tisha. Yes. And there's there's two things driving this. As you said, it's seeing uh, Sinn Féin doing so well in the polls and trying to make themselves make themselves catch up with them. But the other bit as well is social media. They all want the nice couple of second clips that look like a, a knockout blow on the opposition. So it's two things that are really driving this. The social media, getting your little bit of clickbait. Tell me about the social media thing, because I am fascinated by that, because even, I mean, Sinn Féin, they didn't invent it, uh, but by God, they are good at it. And they clip the 90 seconds bit where you don't get to see the response from the Taoiseach or the Taunish or whoever it is. You just get the bit where Mary Lou MacDonald is saying the government is doing nothing for a cost of living and off it goes and it gets all its retweet. At the same time, Fine Gael had clipped that row, which Leo Varadkar says he regrets, um, within an hour and it was up on social media his attack on Pierce Doherty so a lot of it oh, is yeah, for I show mean, is it? Uh, I, I honestly think it is I mean before when it was just your your normal TV news there you know other people were doing the editorial and also for the newspapers just cr- trying to get that catchy little line that every journalist up in the press gallery is going to go God I love that that's brilliant stick that in the paper but I mean as you said Mary, Mary Lou MacDonald will be saying you know the government's doing nothing for cost of living but could be saying apples, oranges and bananas afterwards because you never see the context. And it's the best way I can describe it is if you think of that Simpsons episode where the gummy Venus de Milo was stuck on the babysitter when she was getting out of the car. The way that they were able to just edit it. Now, I'm just saying for social media, just being able to edit it to make him look absolutely terrible. When the context was completely lost of the entire issue, and that, look, it's 
the way to look at it is think of an election as a war. Your general war was the ground war, knocking on the doors, getting out, talking to people. You now have an aerial war, which is your social media. But bear in mind, there's only about 10 to 15 percent of people in Ireland that are actually on Twitter. There's less on Snapchat, there's less on TikTok, there's less on Instagram. But it's the younger people that they want to get involved in politics, especially Sinn Féin, because they do get an enormous amount of support uh, with the under 35s. And I could see that growing as well with the cost of living. But it's just getting that little nugget that is perfect that you want to go viral. You're right, they didn't invent it, but they do seem to be perfecting it. Hugh, take it away from Sinn Féin for a second because it does infect other areas of the all. But there are certain politicians who seem to have a particular dislike for each other. And I, I'm thinking, again, to some extent, perhaps Leo comes into this, but also Micheál Martin, the Healy Rays. Yeah, the, the Healy Rays are a, a, a robust political force in Kerry and across the country. And I think they use the national platform that the Dole affords them to, as you say, get under the skin of, of certain high profile politicians, not least the Taoiseach and, and the Taunishta. I was reliably informed through the chair that Deputy Healy Ray approached people outside of Mass to say, I can get you on the bus if you want to cataract the, 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 the woman concerned. Said, you should take concerned that back. You're a disgrace. Uh, You're only in the bottom of but the barrel. The Taoiseach. I think, uh, you know, finds it uh, quite uh, difficult to uh, put up with what, what the Healy Rays were saying in the Dole and, and their kind of relentless negativity and, and their relentless sort of portrayal of uh, Micheál Martin and others in government as sort of out of touch with the, the needs of working people and the needs of, of the people of Kerry and elsewhere. We saw this particularly uh, difficult, or this particularly vitriolic exchange, I think, between Leo and Michael Healy Ray in the Dole earlier this year, where the Taunishta hit out at, at the Kerry TD's use of, of the word airy fairy. And it's not, not nice what you said to me either, Deputy, just there, quite frankly. Um, reflect on it and think about it. Just think about what you said, okay? Um, but leave, 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 yeah, think of, no, think about what you said. Think about, think about what you said. What have you said? Are you yeah. exactly what I said? No, 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 no. Reflect on it, think about it, come back here tomorrow or the next day and take it back if you want to. Michael Healy Ray argues that he uses this word all the time. Leo Varadkar took it to, to have a different meaning and, and suggested it could be homophobic and he demanded an apology and Michael Healy Ray did not apologise and, and was quite defensive of it on, on Ortiz's live line. So, you know, I think that there are certain politicians in the Dáil who really do get under the skin of, of, of the, the senior politicians and you're right, there are, I suppose, exchanges between Mary Lou and uh, McDonald and Micheál Martin in the door, which which give this impression that they actually really don't get on. They really don't like each other. And there is a real needle there in their exchanges. And it was the same when Leo Radker was Taoiseach and he was going up against Mary Lou McDonald. There's a real feeling that these two people, they don't get each other. They don't like each other. And even though in the case of Leo Radker and, and Mary Lou McDonald, they come from not dissimilar backgrounds, uh, privately educated, uh, you know, a lifetime in politics. Um, but but still, they, they, uh, they, 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 they really don't uh, like each other. And you can see that in their dual exchange. I think one of the standout contributions in this current doll was Duncan Smith, the the new Labour TD who took on the Healy Rays. And I think he would have been cheered by some in the government benches, even though he himself is on the opposition benches for his speech. I remember as a kid in the 80s having to take any work going, hanging doors and fingers just to put uh, a roof over our head and food on the table. I remember that. 
I spent my teenage years working on sites filling skips. Did they? Or are they driving their Mercedes into their big plant hire shops, walking past all their machineries worth hundreds of thousands to count all their money? Or to count up all their properties? You had your chance. You had your chance. Sit down, Deputy Chair. I did not. I did not come in. Deputy I did not Smith, come in. Deputy Smith has the floor. Please let him conclude. I have the floor. So I'm not going to be lectured on understanding workers. I don't have to put on a political costume and a caricature to pretend I'm working class like some. They do. But going back, Hugh, and picking up on your point about, say, Mary Lou MacDonald and Leo Varadkar disliking each other, I'm reminded that it's not that long ago there was a huge furore over... Leo Varadkar suggesting that Michal Martin was like the priest at the back of the altar. He kind of reminds me of one of those parish priests who preaches from the altar telling us uh, to avoid sin while uh, secretly going behind the altar and engaging in um, any, any amount of sin himself. And then within months, Hugh, you have Leo Varadkar and Michal Martin coming together in a coalition, seeming to get on relatively well, going out and batting for each other in in public uh, all the time now, as you have to do in a coalition. So how much of this is real? And look, I I walked the corridors for Leinster House. I've seen lads go at hammer and tongs, either in a TV studio or in the doll. And then 20 minutes later, you wander down and you see them in the doll bar having a cup of tea. Yeah, well, I mean, it's different for different politicians, but you you referenced the the sinning priest uh, exchange there between Leo Radker and Micheál Martin, and and we we heard a little bit of it there. I think, you know, that is a sign really of of the extent to which politicians can always put their differences behind them. The exchanges between Micheál Martin and Leo Radker uh, were were particularly nasty, I think, over the three, four years of confidence and supply, much more so than between Enda Kenny and Micheál Martin, for example, because the two were of a similar political generation, whereas Micheál Martin used to constantly refer to Leo Varadkar in this spin and, and no substance to, to what, he was, um, what he was doing in government. And then within a year of those uh, remarks by Leo Varadkar, the two were in coalition together, Tisha Kontonishta. They'd agreed to be Tisha Kontonishta and then to rotate in two years' time uh, so that, so that Micheál Martin becomes Tonishta and Leo Varadkar becomes Tisha. So politicians, you know, they can, as you say, uh, th- th- there can be really sharp exchanges in the dole. And in some instances, you really do the detect an actual actual dislike of each other. But equally, no matter how vitriolic it gets in the chamber, you know, if there's a need uh, for power and a desire for power and a desire to get things done in government, then politicians can always find a way to work together. And we've seen that down through history in Ireland, political parties that we thought would never go into government with each other, going into government with each other. Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael is obviously the most recent and, uh, and a classic example, the two civil war parties putting their differences aside and, and forming a coalition with each other. Uh, but go back to the early 90s or the late 80s, the PDs and Fianna Fáil, Desi O'Malley and Charlie Hawley, sworn enemies, they managed to, to to go into government together as well. Jennifer, how much has politics been debased, and I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm going to use it anyway, by what we see to the left and the right of us, and I don't mean that in terms of ideology, I mean it in terms of UK politics over the last five, six years and American politics over the last five, six years. My social security payroll contribution will go up, as will Donald's, assuming he can't figure out how to get out of it. Uh, but what we want to do is to replenish the Such Social a Security nasty Trust woman. Fund by making sure... Ha- has what we would view as acceptable behaviour or acceptable language changed based on the likes of Boris Johnson and Donald Trump and then just seeped in here? Yeah, well, 
Definitely with the the what you would see on going back to social media, the kind of narratives, the clickbaits, the little uh, the hashtags and the like, that's certainly coming in. But I would always say that the Irish electorate are that little bit more well-educated and self-confident than what would be going on in the UK and the US. And it comes back to our use of referendums because we are used to looking at big issues making decisions, knowing that they're binding and knowing that we have to live with the consequences. With us being such a relatively new country, like we're only coming up to our, uh, we're we're only at the 100th anniversary, we do know that if things get too polarised, things can go downhill very, very quickly because we all have grandparents, great-grandparents that would have been on one side or another of what was going on. And we know we don't want to go back there. So we are that bit more used to it. We're in the the period of uh, commemorations. So from that, we can see the theatrics of it. We can see the fun of it. But we also understand there's a there's a very serious point behind this too. Are the public shocked by any of it, Jennifer? Like, it's not new either. I, I'm reminded of Bertie Ahern and his wafflers comments back in the day. Nobody smokes green. Perhaps if you stop waffling. If you stop waffling, we might get some work done. They're a waffler. Yeah. It's no, it's not new because look, you know, you've the the satirical shows, you've the one that's on at the moment, which the Healy Ray is too great on, and I think that does actually help brand Healy Ray, if nothing else. But we've had Scrap Saturday as well. And I think we do see the fun of it, but we also know when things start getting serious and when a line has been crossed as well. Hugh, finally, is it going to continue like this now? Have we got another two years onto the next election of this sort of headline grabbing politics? Um, it's not quite in the territory of Paul Gogarty, but it's not 100 miles away from it. No, I, I think both. I think all of of the main political parties have seen that the strategy has to be to try and get attacks in on on your on your opponents, and then try and clip it and and put it across social media to try and find favour with maybe new co- cohorts of voters, younger people reaching out beyond traditional media platforms uh, to try and get people to take an interest in what it is they're talking about. Does it work though? Does it translate to votes? I guess we'll find out. I mean, if we were to go off the results of the twenty twenty election, certainly Sinn Fein's very slick social media campaign which was far better than anything Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil put together. They spent less money. It was far more organic. Um, they were able to get more votes. I mean, that's the reality of it. And they were able to win uh, you know, a record number of seats for the party and become the third major political force in, in the state. And I think that that is evidence that those kind of attacks work, that kind of personalised attacks on, on senior politicians who are not popular with the public. It does work, and I think we're going to see a lot more of it. Hugh O'Connell and Jennifer Kavanagh, thank you very much. I'm Kevin Doyle and today's episode was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Gareth Mulhall, recorded by Gavin Hennessy, with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips were from independent.ie, News Talk Breakfast and RTE's Morning Ireland. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.